Hello, we're the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and each week I'll be joined by one of my fellow pros to pick apart various PR and marketing topics, demystify the jargon, and give you some practical tips that you can apply to your own business. Occasionally, we'll be bringing on some special guests for bonus episodes. You can find all the latest episodes and keep in touch with us at adpr.co.uk or find us on all the socials. You can find the handles in our bio. So grab your cuppa and join us and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss the latest episodes. Hello and welcome to the Revitalize and Grow podcast, here to give you top tips on how to take your marketing and communications to the next level and help you grow. I'm Jenny, your host, and this week I'm joined by Sophie and Kate. Hello, ladies. Hi. And today we are going to talk about thought leadership, um, what it is and how to make it work for you and your business. Um, It's definitely something we always talk to all of our clients about. It's a really important subject and it's actually very, um, you know, simple to implement if you know, if you know how. So I'm sure we start with, in case it's gobbledygook and jargon for people listening, what exactly we mean by thought leadership. Sophie, should we start with you? Yeah, sure. So to me, thought leadership is expert positioning, really. So that would be using a brand representative's expertise to build a profile for that person. So they become known in a certain area. And it's not only promotion for the person, but then also by association, the organisation that person represents. So it might be them sharing a point of view on an issue that they'd like to be known for, which could become a point of difference, or it could be building credibility for a company that perhaps is less well known or a person that's new to an organisation. But it's about expert positioning of that person in order to promote the organisation that they work for. Mm. And and getting um an audience's buy-in isn't it that's if you if you believe the that company knows what they're talking about and is the absolute expert in their field you're more willing to um buy into that company aren't you whether it's a service or or a product absolutely yeah so it's 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 quite subtle brand promotion but it Mm. certainly still is brand promotion yeah yeah okay any additional thoughts to that no, that was, no, that was, I don't, it, was inc- right. it was incredibly succinct, wasn't it? <laughs> Sophie is a detailed, she's a perfectionist and a detailed person, so it would be a good, it would definitely be a good dictionary definition. It was great. <laughs> um, so, and, and that leads us on then to so, um, how do people position themselves as a thought leader? So, what sorts of activity does it involve, Kate? Yes. So I think being a thought leader means that ultimately it means putting yourself out there on some level to discuss uh, issues and ideas um, that that you feel passionately about or that you're an expert in. So there are lots of ways that you can promote this. I would say one of the most obvious ones is to written content. So, uh, you know, blogs or or writing articles for LinkedIn. Um, You could also put yourself forward for expert commentary within the media you know we often read news articles where experts will be wheeled in to speak on the news or give comments in in Mm -hmm. newspapers 
online. That's a really effective method. Um, public speaking, that's one that um, everybody kind of goes, oh, no, I don't like that. But uh, public speaking is really, really powerful, actually, if you want to be a thought leader. Um, it's a really good way to engage in person with your audience about topics that, that matter to them. Um, so that can be a really powerful one. Um, and another one as well that maybe isn't so obvious is putting yourself forward to deliver training and, and webinars mm. or potentially even mentoring or coaching of other of other brands and other companies as well so really anything that puts you in front of the right audience oh podcasting that's a good one isn't oh. it <laughs> <laughs> what we're yeah. doing here today is a perfect example of thought leadership here we all are talking about stuff that that we know about um and that we feel passionately about and um hopefully we're gaining a, a following for, for doing just mm. that and um, where you mentioned um things like link LinkedIn and creating LinkedIn articles, they're really powerful, aren't they? Because you actually um, encourage engagement and you want people to be asking questions so that you can respond rather than articles which might just stand alone and you don't get that interaction, do you, with the the readers? Whereas a LinkedIn article is quite good at, at getting that interaction. Yeah, I personally, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of of LinkedIn for thought leadership articles, and I use LinkedIn a lot myself um, for finding people. You know, I, I might follow people who talk about about leadership. It's something that's very important to me, and it's a really, really good way to connect with people on on quite a personal level. You know, you really understand what people are talking about. It's it's free to use as well. And I think that's a really powerful thing for people to be able to publish. Um, so on LinkedIn, rather than just putting a normal uh, status, you would publish your article on LinkedIn. It's really easy to do and it is free. And it is a great way for getting out there and speaking to like-minded individuals Um but also speaking to people that you might want to try and persuade or convince to come around to your way of thinking as well. You know, thought leadership isn't all just about preaching to the converted. Uh, thought leadership is also about helping other people um, to expand their knowledge and to educate other people about things that you either feel very strongly about or know a lot about. Um, so I think LinkedIn is, is a great one because people are on LinkedIn to engage with these sorts of articles. And um, and in terms of the sorts of things you should be talking about, I suppose we we talk about thought leadership and, um, as you say, to, uh, being knowledgeable in an area and generating discussion. But really effective thought leadership is um, thinking outside the box a bit, isn't it? And maybe getting people to think about things they might not have done before rather than um, maybe just talking about the same stuff within an industry that everybody else is talking about. It's a, kind of about finding that I was going to try and I was going to say differentiation, but it was uh, going to be a mouthful. But. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I definitely agree with that, um, Jenny. I think sort of things that businesses or representatives of businesses want to be talking about is definitely topics that the person is familiar with. So they do need to be a subject matter expert. Um, but I think having a unique perspective, you know, with mm. firsthand experience, when you're sharing that sort of content, that can really be 
proper thought leadership, as you're saying, because, you know, it's a person that's genuinely been something sharing their firsthand experience of, of how an issue has, has affected them. And the great thing is, you know, that if there's an issue affecting your industry or your business, you know, it's going to be affecting other people as well. So mm. it's about sharing that and and how and really coming at it from a point of view of service and helping other people, as well as also more sort of common ways of doing thought leadership, which is discussing like hot topics that are in your industry. But I think really any issue that matters to you is a good issue to be talking about in your thought leadership. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, you've hit the nail on the head. It's one of those things that um, if it's impacting you, it is probably impacting others too. And everybody wants to be learning from others, don't they? And seeing how other people do things. So it's, um, it's a really effective way to position yourself as leaders in that field if you can be helping other people solve a problem in ways they haven't thought about doing it before. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, the sorts of things you should be talking about, it's very difficult for us to put specifics on it because um, it's different across all industries. Depending I think on... there's a bit of a framework that people can use, though, Jenny, with thought mm. leadership. I think we big fans of thought leadership we do a bit of that ourselves um and i know that when we're chatting to other people about thought leadership or trying to encourage people to be thought leaders um i think the most common response that we get is that people are a little bit apprehensive actually about putting themselves out there and about sharing their thoughts and when you drill down into that the reason the reason behind that is that they are afraid of being criticized or about people not agreeing with them um and we can come I know we're going to touch on that a little bit more later on in the podcast but I think in terms of that framework for overcoming some of those fears and understanding why you're doing it is to kind of just think well okay find your passion we've all got them what's your passion um or your expertise and then Build a plan around that. So maybe think about some of the topics that you would be prepared to talk about or put yourself out there for, and then test those topics on people. So, you know, whether it's your colleagues or your family and just, you know, test your angle on people and see what Mm. the reaction is. Because, you know, if everybody says, oh, my goodness, no, that's way too controversial, you you may want to tweak it a little bit, but that's probably the best thing to do. Um, And also, you need to make sure that if you are going to be a thought leader, that if you are writing about your passions or or your expertise, that it doesn't turn into just being a big old rant, because actually that (laughs) that generally doesn't go down well with that. And so your energy levels will be met by the people that are engaging with you. So if you're having a big old, big old kind of rant about something, then you can expect that that's going to be the engagement that you get. So if somebody yeah. doesn't agree with you, they're likely to just kind of have a big old ramp back at you and vice versa. So so actually, you know, think through your arguments and make them well balanced and well thought through and present them in the right way. And then it's okay because then if people disagree with you, that's fine, but they're quite likely to come back and they might pose questions, you know, against your argument and you can actually have quite a healthy debate without it turning into, you know, a really awful discussion that's going to create anxiety in people. Um, But also you do, I think, I think there is no getting away from the fact that you do have to build up a little bit of resilience if you are going to be a thought leader, because you probably will be challenged mm. and you have to you have to be able to sit comfortably with that 
on some level if you are going to put yourself and, out there. And you kind of want you kind of want that, don't you? I mean, the purpose as well is striking is striking up debate and discussion around a particular topic. So you you know you do want people to come and ask questions and give their other point of view because um, that's a healthy discussion, isn't it? And I, I certainly know the kind of content I enjoy reading about communications in our industry is where someone's bringing up something very topical and is an issue or a problem um, or a challenge that we face and then making suggestions about how they've overcome it. And, you know, you read it and think, yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea. I hadn't thought about it that way. Or, you know, oh, I disagree because actually I've tried that before and it, you know, went down really badly. Um, it, and then you you discuss it, don't you? And talk about how it works in different ways for different people. And, and that's a really nice, healthy discussion and, um, you know, and, and positions that person really well, as we say, as a thought leader, as someone who um, is an expert in their field that is open to discussions with, with the industry. So it's, as you say, Kate, you have to sit comfortably with it, don't you? And, but actually it's it's what you want really you want to be getting debate and discussion going around a particular topic absolutely and I also think you need to accept that becoming a thought leader doesn't happen overnight um you know the whole idea behind it is obviously to to gain a bit of a following and people um who who are going to engage with you but don't be disheartened if you start putting yourself out there and, and you feel like you're talking to nobody um, because, <laughs> because that's not uncommon either you know these things do take time and and like anything um PR and communications related it's it's about um you know making sure that you're doing it on a regular basis and being consistent with it and and measuring the response you get as well and looking at the platforms that are working really well for you you know are you better off writing or are you better off doing a doing a talk or, or a training session I think all of that stuff needs to be measured as you go along and and you know be prepared be prepared that it's going to take a bit of time and patience mm. and and I suppose maybe that leads us on to then um and Sophie maybe I can ask you this is who should be doing it in your company who should you be putting forward as these thought leaders yeah, certainly. So really, the, the answer to that is, you know, it's the best person for the topic. Sort of tactically in a PR campaign, usually it's used very much to raise the profile of a specific member of staff with a mm-hmm. particular specialism. However, I think a business needs to think about whether it's got its subject matter experts and its business leaders, all of whom would be talking about different things, because it is important that the things they're talking about are things that they're passionate about, their knowledge about. You're not, it's not trying to force something that isn't mm. really there. So it's a, it's brilliant for businesses to have a wide range of people available to open up the potential subjects that can be talked about and offer something across, you know, a right range of topics in order to maximize the chances of securing thought leadership opportunities, but as well as building that credible profile for as many of your team as 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 you want to. Mm, absolutely and it's you know and it is people invested in a whole company don't they so your audience will you know they want to know that you've got this whole great team there that as you say are subject matter experts who know what they're talking about and and you know it's good to raise everybody's profile isn't it in that sense exactly Um, and 
and you talked about there, yes, but is it's how do you decide what to go for? I mean, we've talked about, you know, there's media opportunities in articles, there's blogs, there's LinkedIn mm. um articles and webinars and public speaking opportunities. You know, how out of all of those different options, how do people decide what's what's best for them? I think the best place to start is where we start with most decisions in PR and communications. And that's, does it fit with your goals and objectives? And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then it's probably one to pass up on. But if it does, then I think you need to then think about, okay, so who might be the right person to comment who's got the suitable experience or expertise that they that they need to talk about this? And that's important that it stands up to scrutiny because as we've already talked about, you know, you are sticking your head above the parapet. So it needs to be somebody that can, uh, you know, come back with any things they might need to on, mm. in terms of questions. But also, are they confident and do they have that resilience? And perhaps it might be that potentially major training might be a good option for anybody who you think could be an excellent thought leader in your business, but perhaps isn't there you know, right now, and maybe they can get involved in other ways, you know, perhaps by providing some research or some content or, or points for somebody, for another spokesperson to use. I know we've worked with um, a business in that way to get people to sort of become thought leaders over quite a period of years, really. So it could be something that you identify and then work towards them with by making sure you're giving them the right training and the confidence and the resilience in order to to do it properly and to make a good representation of your business, because that is really the most important thing. And then also there's a really big question as well as does the person have the time or can they make the time? Will the business allow them to make the time to do it? Yeah, absolutely. No, and that is a that is a good point because it, you know, it does take time, doesn't it? And it's um and it's important that they don't feel rushed into it and they have time to to think about things properly. But um yeah, Kate, anything else to add on that and just in terms of deciding which opportunities are, are best, how do you how you pick the best opportunities for you? No, I agree with everything. I agree with everything that that Sophie said. I th- I think I think the the only thing really to add is that whatever channel or opportunity you pick, I think for a lot of people in business, um, there's still this reticence to to do it. And I think we've talked about this quite a lot recently at, at ADPR that there is a massive mind shift that's taking place and the rules have really changed around what you can and what you can't say and I think a lot of people who who've grown up in the world of of business and corporate life have always been raised with this view that you don't show your political stance on things you don't make statements that are controversial you don't you know you shy away from all of that and you and you keep very neutral because to stand up for something that you believe very passionately about or that you know a lot about can uh, alienate some mm-hmm. of your audience. And, you know, we don't want that. And I would say that there's those rules have really massively changed. So I think if you are considering becoming a thought leader and whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's blog or, or YouTube or webinars, whatever it is, be prepared to have quite a strong angle on whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're talking about and that's a that's a really big difference to the advice that we would have given maybe maybe even as much as five ten years ago you know 
don't sit on the fence with what you're saying. Don't and don't be sitting, you know, it's okay, it's okay to change your mind or your angle if it's based on a good rationale. Mm. But don't go in with one opinion and then everyone disagree with you and you suddenly shy away from it or stop, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be prepared to really stand by what it is that mm. you're saying. And to, and and the only way that you can do that is to genuinely really believe in what you're saying and stand. Yeah, for yeah, absolutely. And and but I I'd agree with what um as you mentioned there as well. It depends sort of how your opinion has changed, isn't it? Because actually, there's nothing wrong with healthy debate and then saying, actually, do you know what? I've never thought of it that way before, and you know, I think you have a point, and I'm going to go away and have a little think about that, and maybe come back to to my argument. There's as long as it's um, from discussion and more educated research rather than, as you say, Kate, sort of just shying away and sort of bowing down because you've got pressure to bow down yeah. to something. Um, and and where you said, Kate, again, about, um, you know, having a strong stance that will, if we're going to talk about media op- opportunities in particular, um, where you can comment on particular subjects, that's that's will give you more chance of getting um getting within in that media piece if you do have a, a strong stance on something or if you've got um a, a different opinion to everybody else if you're not saying the same thing as everybody else or if you've got um a new viewpoint on something something that's very different you're much more likely to get in, included and and they're going to come back to you for that kind of thought leadership rather than just agreeing with what everybody else is saying or saying the same thing that's been said many, many times before. Yeah, it's also good. There's also a good time now as well, Jenny, for underrepresented groups to get um, represented in thought leadership opportunities. I'm thinking here particularly about things like um, on the BBC when they have an expert, a neutral expert come on, so not related to the story, but can offer a a professional expert, you know, expert opinion on something. Mm-hmm. I know that they're very keen now to make sure that um, women and diverse groups are being represented. So I think it's a really good time for if you are from a group that hasn't traditionally been used on media, you know, this is probably now a good chance with mm. the, the BBC particularly looking to have a range of speakers, which I think is so important to give voice to much more v- variety of opinions. Yeah, and yeah, that's a really, really good point in terms of and media are getting better at it, aren't they? Which is which is fantastic. And it is and in other ways where we've talked about the other opportunities that are there and available on own channels, it means that 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 opportunity is there, isn't it? And ready and ready to be used, like LinkedIn articles and blogs and YouTube and um all these changing platforms are really good for for all people with different voices to to come out and yeah, and I think you know, certainly we've seen a lot of younger people develop personalities or profiles through the use of social media lives and Q&As. And mm. I think that's, again, another, another underrepresented group or, or has been, um, you know, young people's views on things. So I think, you know, don't think that, oh, I can't do, a, you know, an Instagram live about something and that won't make me a thought leader. Actually, it really does. If that is a medium that you're more comfortable with and that's what you feel better off doing then you know you should pick the channel that's going to work for you and you could certainly build a profile just by doing social media lives and, and Q&As. Mm. And that ties in doesn't it? we've always 
the horrible buzzword of authenticity that we like to use in communications, but that's that's exactly it, isn't it, Sophie? It's it's using the channels that are right for you, that feel comfortable for you, and not trying to force yourself, you know, into a you know a square into a round peg. You you know you you want all the other way around. What I'm getting my <laughs> sayings all mixed up. You know you know what I mean though, don't you? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> make it you know do what you're comfortable with and make it authentic. And and again, I think it takes it back to um, you mentioned before as well. Sophie is it, it does come down to what your goals are and the audience you're trying to reach um and there will be different ways of reaching those people and it's about finding where they are and how they consume their information and making sure that you're in those places yeah absolutely be where your be where your customers are if that's the goal of what you want to what yeah. you want to achieve yeah certainly yeah and you know, do you, do either of you have any good examples then of if um, somebody's listening and they, they want to give it a go, um, what kind of zero budget options there are? I know we've already mentioned um, LinkedIn and kind of examples of, of if you did have a bit of budget to put behind thought leadership. Um, do you have any recommendations or thoughts around that? Yeah, so I think one of the, um, this lessons isn't necessarily linked to budget as such and, and more linked to um, cu- comfort levels and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and scariness scales. But I think probably a good, a good place to start is let's say you're, you're a business owner in a specific industry and you're looking to create some profile for yourself. Uh, I, I would recommend that you, you sort of dip your toe in the water with thought leadership through either industry comments because B2B niche media will be crying out for your expertise. So Mm -hmm. that is certainly somewhere where you will be able to gain some traction probably quite quickly. And that could be in the form of writing a bylined article. So an opinion piece based on an issue affecting your industry, or it could be getting an an interview within a B2B niche title. So either going down the industry media route or going down the local media route, that could also work for sort of, if you just want to try it out and just see how you get on, I think that'd probably be a good place to start as well as the social media examples that we've we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And none of those would take any, you know, they don't require budget. They do just require some time in terms of finding the right contact and making sure that your pitch for your profile piece is really on point and relevant to the magazine or the um, or the radio station or whatever it might be. And you'll find other podcasts of ours which talk about how you can really perfect your mm-hmm. pitch to get that right. Mm. I think um, to add to that as well, um, in terms of other examples, is that lots of companies um, will exhibit, you know, they'll go to exhibitions, they'll take stand space. Um, and quite often those can be really, really good platforms to speak to the organisers of those ex- um exhibitions to find out whether there are speaking opportunities often there's mm-hmm. stage or there's conference rooms or there's there's things going on so I would say you know if you're ever um taking a stand at an exhibition space always always speak to the organizers about any opportunities for speaking or doing any training or or again providing expert comments so I think don't just always think about it in terms of of media I think that's a great uh, first port of call but think about other places where your business is going to be you know out there um and think about ways that that you can get the most out of those opportunities yeah and and um 
and on you know we've we've spoken about the few different ways and I think as you mentioned there Sophie it's it's worth saying in terms of media pitching and then webinars and how to maximize events we do have separate episodes on those which delve into it in a little bit more detail because um we we could certainly talk about those and um be here for a long time delving into each of those but we do have separate episodes so um please do dig around and find and find those and and have a listen um was there anything else that either of you wanted to add to today in terms of um thought leadership and how it can work and and what opportunities there are anything i want to add maybe maybe an example because i do think i do think thought leadership is one of those ones it's so so powerful when it's done well and i and i really think it's probably one of the things that we get the most pushback from from clients and i think that does come down to that personal fear of putting yourself out there and mm-hmm. and just to reiterate really that if most people can become thought leaders if they want to you know they really can and I was just thinking about examples earlier on today and thinking about people that I follow as thought leaders and I was thinking I, I really love Brené Brown mm-hmm. um, I'm sure lots of people are familiar with and you know ultimately she's she started off she's a research professor she, she's, she's an absolute expert in her field but she wasn't particularly well known I think she'd had a go at writing some books that hadn't been published and then And, you know, she put herself out there and ended up doing a a TED talk, which I appreciate. We can't all just jump in and start giving TED talks. The point being, she really didn't expect anybody to listen. She really didn't. And, you know, she's an expert in kind of shame, vulnerability and, and leadership. And she did this TEDx talk and it went viral you know it mm. millions and millions of people all over the world have listened to that TED talk she is now a famous public speaker she runs podcasts she's got six best-selling books and mm. and I'm not saying that that's what everybody should strive towards but it just goes to show you never you don't you don't know what the outcome's going to be until you start so I would say my advice to anybody would be a firstly get some decent advice if you've got any concerns about thought leadership because it can go wrong um so I think it is always prudent to get some advice have a bit of a strategy absolutely know why you're doing it and what you want Mm. to get from it and then just start and have a play around with these platforms and opportunities and see what which ones are delivering for you and which ones aren't and and don't give up with it really um because you absolutely if you're sitting here thinking oh well you know I think I could do it. You absolutely can and you should. And it's kind of like all of these things. It's just about being brave and putting yourself out there and mm. waiting for the results. I think that was a fantastic summary, Kate. I think you summed everything up really nicely there and saved me a job, which is great. So thank you very much. Um, yeah. <laughs> um and I I suppose all I want to do is pull out one of the points you made there in your nice little summary um which is try it see what works for you and don't worry about it if a particular avenue isn't working don't you know we always say across multiple different tactics and and strategies don't we if it's you know keep evaluating what you're doing and change tact if it's not working there's nothing wrong with that you know if you say actually webinars don't give me any return they don't you know, they don't deliver on the goals or objectives I'm setting, but 
um, blogs do, then, you know, put your effort into that. There's, there's no one way to do it for everybody. So it's, you know, really find your groove and, and go from there. Um, but I, I think I won't go on anymore because actually I don't want to ruin Kate's nice summary. Um, I think that's, <laughs> that's it from us today. Um, as always, we we would love to hear from you. Um, we've just been talking about discussions. So if it, we would love to hear from you and have your questions about today's episode and open up that discussion. Or if there's anything else you would like to hear from us about, any topics, any questions you have on communications, any challenges you're facing, please do reach out to us. You can reach us via the website, um, aedpr.co.uk. And we hope you've enjoyed today's session and we'll see you next time. Bye.